Hello and welcome to the Soulful Live It podcast. I'm your host, Carrie Raquel. Today, I'm joined by Uni and Andreas as we dive into the astrology and tarot for February of 2020. If you enjoy this episode, please remember to go give us a five-star rating on iTunes and share it out with your networks. Okay, let's jump right into this. Hello, you two. It's so great to have you back. Thank you so much. So good to be here, especially during uh, this Aquarius month. I feel right at home. Mm-hmm. Excited to talk about our season, Aquarius season. Woohoo! And that brings me to our announcements to kick off this episode. I want to give a shout out to all of us who have been working and collaborating on creating this podcast and to you guys who have been listening and following along. We are at six months. So happy six months to the Soulful of It podcast. Woohoo! So good. So proud of you. So proud of you guys. This has been so much fun and it's super exciting. We've overcome a lot of obstacles along the way and learned so much. And I'm just excited for what we're going to continue building together. Next announcement, Andreas. It's about to be your solar return. Happy Mm -hmm. birthday on the 1st of February. That's so exciting. Thank you. Thank you. And then to our lovely uni as well. We've got two Aquarians here at the podcast and your birthday is going to be on the 18th. Mm -hmm. The last day of Aquarius, first day of Pisces. That's right. The transition day. Mm -hmm. Very exciting. Lots of power in that day. And then last announcement that I'm going to give you guys before we jump into everything is that we are hosting a two-week self-love challenge. It's called the FLY Challenge, which stands for First Love Yourself. And that is going to be running from February 1st until February 14th on Valentine's Day. And that is being run through my affirmation group, which is Affirmation Destination. You can find more information about this on the Affirmation Destination Instagram page Or you can check out our Facebook group. There's links to that on the Soul Full of It Instagram. And then at the end of the two-week challenge, we are going to be throwing an event in Portland, Oregon. So if you are in Portland and you want to come connect with me in person, I'd love to have you attend the event. It's going to be about the five love languages. And that's going to be on Saturday, February 15th. And it takes place from 1130 in the morning until 1.30 p.m. So it's a two-hour workshop. It's going to be interactive and fun, lots of discussion to really round out two weeks of focusing on loving ourselves. So I invite you all to partake in that. And if you're not in Portland, you can still be part of the challenge. If you are in Portland, let's connect. You can come through, meet me in person. It would be super dope. How awesome. And what a great way to network and to collaborate with that. I just got to give it to you, Carrie. That's amazing stuff. That whole love language understanding that you can have for yourself and Maybe even to be able to learn a little bit about some of your close friends and your loved ones can give you some great insight on just how to be able to show up for yourself and therefore be able to show up that much more authentically for those that you care about and love. So I'm looking forward to actually attending this event. And for sure, if anyone in Portland is around, come through, come get to meet us in person. It would be great to connect with you. Very, very exciting. So those are just a few announcements to get us started. And I feel like we must acknowledge... The month of January, which for me, and I know a few people that I've talked to, it's kind of like the month that never ended. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's been the longest year ever. and Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it was just the first month that we're talking about. Yeah. January served up a lot of internal wisdom, but also a lot of external chaos, not just in like my personal life or in your guys' personal lives, but also in the collective. And I'm talking about the fires in Australia I'm talking about the coronavirus in China that is also elsewhere at this point. 
I'm talking about the passing of Kobe Bryant. These are major events that have happened that have really woken up the collective to the reality that we are in a super Plutonian year. And what I mean when I say that is that the stellium, which is the grouping of planets that have been hanging out in Capricorn together, I'm talking about the Saturn-Pluto conjunction on the 12th that we will be feeling all year, has brought this focus on this Plutonian energy, which is about death and rebirth. And in some senses, that is a literal death, the loss of Kobe Bryant. In other senses, it is a metaphorical, spiritual, emotional death. Perhaps you recognizing a storyline you've been caring about yourself that's just not fucking true. Maybe it was once, maybe it never was, but you are now pulling back the veil. And I'm seeing this transformation that's taking place in everyone that I know and love that is unlike anything I've ever experienced before. It is so powerful. It is so much of a catalyst to change that is needed and also undeniable. We are not in a place where we are seeing the changes that need to be made and we can keep sweeping it under the rug. We have been brought to our fucking knees. Seriously. To the point where I uh, I feel like I needed to invest in some knee pads. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it has been a lot of shifts, a lot of awakening moments within the collective, the death and the rebirth. Have that be literal terms or just metaphorically. It's like what's going on in the macro is also a reflection of what's going on in the micro. And for us to be acknowledging these things that are occurring within us, have them be shifts or emotional outbursts that are coming out, that are coming to the surface. You know, we're really tapping into what it is that is our purpose and you know to think about purpose and go beyond what that definition of purpose might look like on tangible terms of career of a life path of home and investments it's like our purpose as humans is awakening right now our purpose to truly go inward and to allow ourselves the ability to heal because as we're healing ourselves we're healing the collective we're helping heal each other we're helping heal the planet we're showing up we're doing the work. All those dark, shadowy moments, they were for a purpose. They were for us to be where we are now, to look forward, to look at the horizon, and to look back only long enough to know that it's in the rearview mirror. We have to keep going forward. Yeah, and a lot of that is that Aquarian energy as well, right? Like Whatever you do and heal for yourself, you heal for the collective. Yep. Oh, I love it. True and age of Aquarius. Yes, and if you're seeing your shadow, why don't you ask it for a dance? Mm. That's actually one of my favorite things about uh, going snowboarding at night. I love nightboarding. Mm. And I know I'm getting off track here. I'll get back soon, guys. But <laughs> I love nightboarding because when I'm snowboarding at night and the lights are shining on me, I can see my shadow. And it kind of reminds me, I'm like, okay, I'm not alone. You know, mm -hmm. even though obviously our shadows can be dark inherently and scary and things that we want to avoid. But when you're actually faced with looking at it, ask it to dance. And in order to cast a shadow, there has to be the light that's helping contribute to that. Mm -hmm. So even in those shadows, you know, recognize that you are the light that's casting it. And that shadow is there for a purpose. It's there for you to acknowledge it. And at some point, you can become its friend and understand how to make it your ally because it reveals a lot and it heals a lot. So if you have a chance, a moment to really tune into your heart, tuning into your heart is tuning into the heart of the planet, tuning into the hearts of others. And truly just holding that space for all the shifts that are happening, that are going to continue to happen, and allow for that energy to really, truly sit and reside within your beings. When our minds want to think of something being challenging or being hard, that we allow ourselves the opportunity to rewrite that narrative in our minds, that we rewrite that word, and that we change it to empowering. 
Let mm. us let us be empowered through what was once a struggle or a challenge. Mm. I like to say, how about we empower through this? Mm-hmm. And we can empower through this together. And that is what we are going to do with this episode about the February astrology and tarot. Uni, I would love if you would introduce what the cards are that you pulled for the month of February and tell us a little bit more about them. Yeah, sure. The Nine of Swords and the Nine of Wands were the two first cards that I pulled. The Nine of Swords... It has to do with the element of air, and air is really this communication, this information, this processing. In the imagery of this card, you see a woman. She looks like she has woken up from a nightmare. She's got her head in her hands, and she has all these swords behind her. And these swords can be very indicative of our thought patterns and how sometimes we create this anxiety and fear around certain situations when we put too much thought into it or maybe overwhelm ourselves with the expectations that we create over how we frame certain situations in our life. And that in itself is cruel. It's a punishment that we add on to ourselves that robs us of the opportunity to really use that initiative element of fire, which is the next card, the nine of wands, which has a man standing in front of eight wands, which are the accomplishments that he's already made. And he's got his wand in hand and it's like lighting up. It is that torch, it is that flame. It is that element that's gonna keep him going. Like you've already come so far and you have a little bit farther to go in order to break through. You're on the cusp of something great of completion and you need to just trust in that. And you need to use and leverage that nine of swords energy by looking at the frameworks that you have created around situations in your life and framing it in such a way that's going to help you use those swords to take down your enemy and not take yourself down and the next card is the lover's card when i look at this card it's got a lot of these elements of the book of genesis the garden of eden it's got a man and a woman naked facing the audience and there's an angel in the background as well as this tree with the serpent wrapped around it it really is that coming together of that fire and air energy or you need air in order to ignite the fire and when those elements are combined in equal portions there is transformation there is initiation there is growth there is a birthing of raw energy and in the lover's card this card reminds you to really find that inner harmony within yourself how you can use that to come into balance with the things that you're trying to create for yourself that angel on top it's the archangel Raphael, he is the angel of healing. And that serpent wrapped around that tree, that is the transformative process that we go through as we shed our skins. It's like an internal renewal as we evolve and use the knowledge, which is that tree, the tree of knowledge, to really awaken ourselves. In Kundalini, the fire is the serpent at the base of the spine. And as you mature spiritually and emotionally, you are able to activate that. And it takes you to these higher realms of consciousness. And I feel like this energy is very supportive of what we will be diving into in this month. Beautiful. This element of air is like, this is what the Aquarius is all about, that air element. You know, most people think Aquarius water. No, it's an air sign. It's the water bearer. It represents the brotherhood to man. The Aquarian is the bridge. It is the merging of pouring consciousness from heaven onto earth. And with this wand energy, sometimes we can allow for our own thoughts and projections to become our worst enemies. Because these ideas or these thought forms that might take place where you are imposing on your 
yourself to mentally create this solution in your mind that's far out in the future. Like, oh, when I get this house, I'll be good. Or, oh, when I finally get to this position, I know I'll make it. And we impose on ourselves to have these projected ideas outward into the future that reveal success. But by tapping into that, that nine of wands, you're accessing what you have in front of you. You're accessing the tools that you already have. You're reminding yourself that you don't need to step outside of this immediate future to reward yourself with what you know is going to be your success. You are utilizing it all right now. Yeah. And I mean, that nine of swords is where you came from and like what's sitting with you and whether or not you choose to let your thoughts and the storylines that are embedded in your psyche and your ego, certainly not in your heart, to weigh you down. And you don't have to be weighed down by those things. You can wake from a nightmare and call a nightmare a fucking nightmare. You don't need to let the night terrors terrorize your entire day or steal that light from you. Yeah, and you use that energy of the air element to ponder those thoughts, to observe the thoughts, to realize that sometimes thoughts are just that. They're thoughts. They're fleeting. And how we choose to create the consistency of the flow with those thoughts is ultimately our own individual responsibility. So that leads you to that lover's card, to understanding that you're sitting with that tree of knowledge and you're also rooting yourself with it. And you're allowing for your truth to come out. You're embodying these truths because you have done the work. You're sitting with your thoughts. You're filtering through them. You're organizing them. You're almost like uh, discarding what no longer serves holds a purpose because those narratives are outdated and you're truly giving into this lover's energy by being in love with yourself being in love with this new version of you that you're emerging with and therefore you connecting with yourself on these levels is allowing you to build that much of a stronger bond and a relationship to the natural world that we're living in and that is your contribution right there to the collective and to get there it's not going to be easy and that we see in the nine of wands the picture of the guy at least in the writer weight deck is injured he's got like a wrap around his head he's looking towards what's coming but behind him are all these wands which is everything that he's already accomplished coming out of the month of january and stepping into this month of february being an aquarius season coming out of capricorn energy we are being asked to be resilient to make investments in our own resiliency courage is not often comfortable you will have to be courageous in order to grow through what you're going through. And you can do it. And we're going to help you do it. And that's what this episode is all about. <laughs> I love that. Because if it was easy, I mean, it would really truly take away the depth of what makes us individuals. Sometimes we might think, oh, why can't things be easier? But in all reality, it's like easy doesn't give you character. <laughs> easy doesn't give you individuality. It doesn't give you good stories to tell. Mm -mm. And this courage, I mean, that's where that courage is really important because it's beyond hope. Sometimes I, I struggle with the word hope because it almost implies a slight doubt, you know, whereas yeah. faith comes in like with a reassurance mm -hmm. and a confidence. Faith, and then courage yeah. is the actual embodiment of what it is that needs to be done in the tangible realms. And the year long transit of Jupiter going through Capricorn Jupiter is in many ways it is the planet of faith. It is the planet of what's possible going through Capricorn, the work. Can you have faith in the work that you're doing? That the seeds that you're sowing are going to be worth the harvest that awaits you. So with that being said, I'd love to jump into some of the astrology and continue to pull together these tarot cards and the general influence of energy that's going through all of us for the month of February. So buckle up. Let's go. So, following Andreas's birthday on the 1st of February, woo, we are going to have on the 3rd, which is a Tuesday, Mercury is going to move into Pisces. 
this transit is very creative. It is spiritual in a natural sense, and it is going to ask of you that you don't let your thoughts interrupt your heart space so that you can really get into the mud of your creativity to make something awesome. And that will come up more when we jump into the retrograde period for Mercury, which will be coming up on the 16th. I'm curious, Andreas, do you have anything to share about this transit of Mercury in Pisces? Yeah, definitely. Mercury, again, communication, information, whether it's shared, whether it's relayed, really gives us this creative, imaginative, very spiritually inclined energy with it being in Pisces. Even when we don't necessarily think of it in that way, it's like we're still going about things having a spiritual component to it because that's what's being offered to us this month. It's a great time to share ideas, to think outside of these lines of being black and white. Pisces is this energy of all the colors in the middle. You see all the different varieties of the reds within the reds and the oranges within the oranges. And you are able to tap into this amazing creativity even when you feel like perhaps might not be the most creative, I think we all have these abilities to be creative. Picasso once stated that every child is born an artist. The challenge is when the child becomes an adult. And so Pisces is asking us to also step away from these rigid lines of being the old, ancient, wise soul by understanding that we already have that energy with us. It's already a part of us, but tapping into the innocence of the child to remember what it's like to play, to dance, to sing, to write, to create, to paint. To do all of those things and to suck at it, too, which mm. I think is often what interrupts our ability to go after our ambitions is because we get in our heads, right? That's that Mercury energy to be like, well, I see so-and-so is doing this and they are so good at it, so I'm not going to even try. But if you actually talk to somebody who's really good at something, let's say that they're an amazing pianist, and you tell them, I don't know that I'll ever pick it up because I could never be as good as you. They're going to laugh and say, dude, I sucked. You know, you got to suck through it. Yeah, it's those failures that lead to mastery over time. You just have to have the courage to go out there and do it. It's about like creative downloads as well. This Mercury and Pisces, mm. you can be receiving these messages through the creative flows that are coming through you when you are more open, when you are working from this innocent childhood, open space that's inviting these energies to flow in. I am learning myself through just experience and also it's already an innate knowing and a knowledge and a wisdom that I feel lies at the heart of everyone that Pisces is allowing us the ability to tap into, which again is this wise, old, ancient soul energy. And when we allow ourselves to be these clear, open channels, that's when the creativity actually comes in more moments, more frequently. And with, you know, Mercury and Pisces, again, I know for myself, I had to take a social media break for a little bit. I needed to clear and open my channels for there to be a more direct communication with myself, with my higher self, with my guides, with my creativity. And for me, it looked like that. You know, I was remembering the more traditional, I guess, or more ancient or more soulful spiritual ways for me to connect with myself, therefore with the universe, with the collective consciousness, with, with the empathy that I have for the world during these healing times. And for me, it looked like simplifying it a little bit more and allowing myself to feel, to feel things that I haven't felt in a while because maybe I have been really distracted in areas of communication. So Pisces is really giving me this support right now 
to bring it back to being a little bit more of an open channel and actually allowing myself to see what emerges from that space that I just created consciously. And a lot of it is creative. And this energy right now is so supportive for you to connect with other like-minded individuals in these creative outlets. Sometimes it, it can feel challenging to make new connections or make new friends because where do you find them? The best place to find them is by tuning into what it is that sparks that creativity within you and doing those things for you and for yourself but then also knowing that like you might run into some other familiar energies that are also wanting to explore these same creative outlets as well because it's on their minds and their to-do list and so trust in your networking skills that's lovely mercury in pisces is this invitation to silence the mind so that you can open yourself up to what is available to you beyond the overthinking this is going to be a really awesome transit for all of us to really deepen that creative process inside of ourselves. And I invite every one of you to turn off the brain when it tries to take over everything else inside of you, to turn to the heart and to allow your heart and your inner love to guide you. And again, we are doing this two week self love challenge. That's what that's about. Mm. It's about connecting with yourself. And that makes me think about Venus transiting through Aries, which is going to start on the 7th of February, which is a Friday. That is your opportunity to be a little selfish in the way that you love yourself. Mm. Venus and Aries, it's very independent, self-motivated, fully charged kind of a vibe and energy that allows for you to really hone in and take accountability for what it is that you need to be doing for yourself. Venus is representing desires, the way that we look for reassurance in love and in security and financial ability to invest and make investments into our gifts or our interests or our desires. And so Aries is like telling you, go for it, go for it. Don't sulk and don't sit in that energy of what was a mistake last month, last week, in the last hour. Get yourself up, continue to go forward, try again, maybe try again differently for the same situations. And keep that momentum going for yourself. Mm. And that you can really tie into those two cards, the nine of swords and wands, because it is about taking inventory of how far you've come, what you've accomplished. And as you've accomplished these things, you've interacted with other people, people that have seen you, that have recognized the work that you have done and are there to support you and it's about you tapping into that and not letting those frameworks of your mind break you down, almost leveraging them to help you fuel that, connect with those people and communicate with them because there's so much to discover in there. And at the end of the day, it's all down to choice, whether you choose to go this self-love route or self-destructive route. I think uh, each has its own lessons. It's going to be a fiery weekend that weekend since... We have the Venus moving into Aries on Friday the 7th. The very next day on Saturday the 8th is going to be the full moon in Leo. This is a very passionate full moon. Things that maybe have simmered under the surface are going to be very illuminated at this point in time. Not the best day to pick a fight. <laughs> you might want to pick a fight. Um, I would caution you against it because you might say some things that you don't even mean or that you communicate in a way that isn't received. And during this full moon, we also have the south node forming a conjunction with Pluto, Saturn, and Jupiter, all still in Capricorn. 
This is going to bring some awareness to the rituals or the systems that we've had in place and the ways that we've learned to survive that perhaps no longer serve us. So on this full moon, which of course is a great opportunity to do some releasing, I would encourage you to think about the ways that you have survived that no longer serve you and what you can release. Maybe it is a storyline. Maybe it's a belief. Maybe it's a piece of judgment that can help you feel more wholeness, more soulfulness, so that you can make the most out of this full moon in Leo. One of the words that sticks out to me with the Venus energy in Aries is perseverance. And Mm -hmm. I think with perseverance also comes the ability to take responsibility, to look at ourselves and also understand where our bandwidth is. Because Aries is that energy that is about the self. It's ruled by Mars, which is a self-assertive sign. And Venus is quite the opposite in that regard, where it relates to how we relate to others. I'm bringing this back up because it ties into the full moon with it being the next day. And I think with the Aries energy, sometimes it can be a little explosive. And I think it's something to watch out for, especially with all these energies being in this fiery kind of an element, is to understand where we might need to be a little softer in our approach with boundaries and maybe with our assertiveness and not allowing for emotional flare-ups to really be expressed outwardly in very harsh or brash ways, especially to those that we love so much and hold dear to us. And even to strangers, I mean, to be able to hone in that strength for yourself is what's going to bring you into this full moon energy the next day to be that much more grounded. Because like you said, the full moon illuminates and it shows us where our shadows are and it shows us where we have the possibility to emerge from them. So full moon in Leo, you know, Leo represents the self. It represents how you are taking care of yourself creatively, emotionally, physically. It's an energy that really allows for you to take responsibility to make sure you're putting yourself first. It is opposite of the Aquarius energy because Aquarius energy is very much so about the other, about the collective, about the group. And so the two are asking you to look at yourself and look at how you are taking care of yourself and how that is correlating to how you are contributing to those that you love around you and to your community and to your environment and to be able to keep your heart and your mind in this awakened mind state to have the balance to know that it's equally important to take care of yourself so that you can therefore be taking care of your community and your outside reflections by showing up that much more authentically. Mm. Yeah. And Leo is definitely a playful sign. So the full moon in Leo, instead of picking a fight, why don't you find something to collaborate on together to bring you closer to the people that you love? And if you aren't feeling that outgoing when the full moon comes around, that's okay too. Maybe something that you can channel through your creativity While we also have the Capricorn energy still with us, and we will throughout the rest of the year, we're going to have to make some sacrifices along the way to achieve what we set out to obtain. But we can't forget to play. And Mm. a full moon in Leo is definitely an invitation to get out and play. So balance all that hard work with a little bit of fun. Mm. I'd like to add to, as Andreas was saying, how the Aquarius energy is focusing on the whole of the collective and the leo energy on the self that also is represented in the lover's card because it's that harmonious relationship between everyone around you and yourself and the more harmonious and in balance that we are with ourselves the better we are able to 
connect this channel between the heart and the mind so that we can act with integrity in how we apply ourselves in the world. Lovely. I want to chat just briefly about what is going on on Valentine's Day. We've just got some moon transits. And since the moon has to do with our emotions and Valentine's Day, for those who celebrate and even those who don't, is very much about love. So some of the aspects for that day, we're going to have the moon in Scorpio forming a trine with Mercury in Pisces. So this is going to make more ease available to us in regards to expressing how we feel and how we communicate with each other and ourselves. We also have the moon in a sextile with Jupiter who's hanging out in Capricorn all year. That is going to be our passion feeding our beliefs. It's going to remind us that we deserve the good things that are coming. And then we also have the moon forming a trine with Neptune in Pisces. We are going to be feeling empowered to dream. This is going to be a great time to work on a creative project and an awesome time to collaborate with people that you love for Valentine's Day or the next day to come hang out with us at our event. Nice. It's a great time to be in touch with your feelings, to express them, to sympathetically listen, and to find that balance between feelings and rational intellect. So it might bring up some very sentimental, almost ancestral or like just childhood stuff that you can really tap into with so much love and awareness. You know, it's it's the day of love and it's a great time to just kind of reach out to those that you love and let them know that you love them in, in very Aquarius, unconventional ways. You know, you don't <laughs> yeah. have to be so uh, cliche with about how you feel like you need to express your love. Like find that creativity with all that Pisces energy that's within you to just find unique avant-garde ways to let the people you know that you love them, that you love them. And to even share that love with people you come into contact with because everyone can use a little bit of love these days. Yeah, it's not a bad idea to ask people what their love language is mm -hmm. or to bring them to the event and figure it out together. Yeah, <laughs> and come chat with us so we can tell you more about it. <laughs> That's right. And that same weekend on Sunday the 16th, we are going to have the Mercury retrograde happen in Pisces. So this is the first Mercury retrograde of the decade. Mm. No big deal. Um, <laughs> we're going to be diving into the big picture of how we feel in motion. Intuition is going to play a really big part of this retrograde period. I would advise you to lower your intake of information and to be more in touch with what is needed and what is numbing. There's a difference there. If you are throwing on a video to enhance your learning while you're cooking and you're like, I'm going to learn this recipe. I have this video on. It's going to help me versus like tuning the fuck out when you're hanging out with people that you love because you have your phone in your hand and you keep looking down at it. Like, let's be present. Let's be available to connect on a deeper soul level. And let's dig into our own psyche in a spiritual way with this Mercury retrograde transit in Pisces. Very beautiful. I like that one part where you said to limit our intake with information right now, because that is what Mercury retrograde asks you to do. It is to trust that what you already have in your bank, in your foundation, on your bookshelf, really might just require you to dust it off a little bit. There's so much knowledge that we have about ourselves, about our feelings, about where we are in our paths that we can just access that, especially during this time frame. That is such an awesome analogy, the bookshelf, because if you think about it, 
How many times have you gone somewhere and bought a new book just to put it on a fucking shelf at your house? Mm. <laughs> right? Yeah. yeah Look it's at like, your library. What do you already have? Right. It's like, what good is the knowledge when you're not necessarily utilizing it to its fullest potential? Because to put that into the work is the integration process. Yeah. And, you know, emotions can be very highlighted and sensitive during this time. But on the flip side, it doesn't have to be challenging. It can be empowerment through the vulnerability. It's just a beautiful time to really uh, tap into your creative side of thinking about these things and, and not projecting so much again into this future of thought, you know, and not giving into that nine of swords energy. Right, Uni? Yeah. You can also bring that back into the judgment card, which was one of the cards that we had for the overview of the year. And that being about sitting with that information, kind of integrating that into this new framework that you will use to break down the previous framework that was there with the nine of swords so that you're better able to take on what life is going to throw at you with integrity with yourself knowing that you are rooted down in your truth Mm -hmm. yeah and mercury retrograde often can bring to the surface the sense of well i need to have the answers i'm going to think about it until i have the answer and i want to tell you that you do already have all these soul solutions inside of you, <laughs> inside of your soul. And all that you need to do is go inside to get that information. And we have a tendency as humans in society to go outside, external, and like go get advice from your friend about this thing that you already know how you feel. You already know what you've decided. So lean into that. This is an invitation to deepen your dedication to your soul fulfillment. Mm. it's time to go inwards you know and take an inventory of our emotional and spiritual needs and a lot of questions come up during mercury retrograde which is good because the questions need to come up for there to be some sort of a game plan moving forward and it's like asking yourself how have i been neglecting certain parts of my makeup have you been too focused too rigid in daily approaches or even forgetting the importance of your own sensuality and how to engage with that so that you're maneuvering your way through the world in imaginative and creative ways how do you trust or build more trust again with your emotional body and intuition? What are some ways you can reconnect to those spiritual practices to maintain them, redefine them, or reinvent them for this new year? Because this being the first Mercury retrograde, it's a perfect time for you to set the foundation on how you would like the future 11 months to unfold. Because this need for introspection is so necessary in order to shed and merge into these new versions of yourself. Yeah, and... I like to shift the focus from this idea of go out and do the work, which is super valuable, to letting the work do you, because that is Pisces energy. And I know we're coming out of Capricorn, which is very much initiative. And we have this emperor year, which is very Aries energy, taking the reins and guiding yourself forward. But there is value in just relaxing and giving yourself time to digest before you move forward and to support us in doing that on the same day that Mercury goes retrograde in Pisces on the 16th, we're also going to have Mars move into Capricorn. Mm. That's this, so good. Yeah, Such a right? supportive energy. Yeah. This is the steady climb. This is the need for taking intentional action and balancing your practicality with your ambitions. This is having the mature realization that you must make time to study and go to the gym, that you have to balance everything in your life, that you have to work hard and you have to make time to play. 
So this transit is going to be a powerful ally in helping us continue to get shit done while we allow some of the answers to filter through us from the universe and from within us on a soul level. It's like asking us to, to, to ground. And the word that comes up to me with this Mars and Capricorn energy is resourceful. So how can we be resourceful? How can we tap into the knowing on we also can benefit from budgeting our time? You know, sometimes we get to all these, mm. that's Mercury and Pisces. Like, oh my God, uh, these ideas and this, I want to do that. And, you know, then it's like, how do we budget that time, though, so that we can make it tangible? That's that supportive energy that we're getting from Capricorn in, in this position is that we're being asked to look into ourselves to create the time and to make these things happen and to take the steps and to stay dedicated and to stay focused and to be resourceful and to not let that airy, dreamy, imaginative shadow side of Pisces come into obstructing your your game plan and, and making you feel like you have to wait till this happens or you need to go out and get this in order for this to become a reality. It's asking you to look at what's in front of you and almost like step into this nine of wands energy, right? Yeah, being tactful about it, how you initiate it, having temperance as well and knowing how much of your resources that you need to allocate to certain tasks in your life. And Two days later, on the 18th, we have Uni's birthday. Happy <laughs> birthday. Aquarius, but not for much longer because on that same day, we're going to have the sun move into Pisces and we're going to kick off Pisces season. When I think about Pisces season, I like to remind folks, don't quit your daydream. Pisces is here to support you in all your creative endeavors. So anything that you want to share about Pisces season, Andreas? It's interesting. I think of that day the 18th of being that transition and it is uni's birthday again so that's funny because he's a, a representation of what that energy is like and it is the transition of that aquarius air element into the depths of of pisces energy and pisces season is here to remind us to be humble to be compassionate to understand that we're all walking through different paths, but still, ultimately, whether we are acknowledging it or not, consciously or subconsciously, are striving for this spiritual recognition of who we are and what we're here to do and how we're here to live our purpose. And it doesn't have to be such a rigid understanding. Ultimately, yes, our careers matter and they bring us happiness and our goals are meant to help keep us driven, but our sole purpose is to always become more humble and to be very understanding. So Pisces is allowing us to do that this month and still be able to stick to our plans and our routines and you know our game plan with wanting to accomplish goals because that's just the theme of the year. But Pisces is asking you to humble yourself during this transit. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and it makes me think about the Beatles song, I Am The Walrus. <laughs> where it says, I am he as you are he as you are me and we are all together. Mm. That is such a Pisces vibe. Such a Pisces vibe. And so beautiful. Something that you might even want to listen to after this episode to kind of tap into more Pisces magic, which is really what Pisces are. If you know any Pisces people, they're so fucking magical. Yes, they are. We know quite a few within the group, don't we? <laughs> They're so great. We love you guys. Happy birthday to the Pisces. Happy birthday to the Aquarius. Mm. So much fun. Happy birthday to uni. Mm, thank you. Um, and Pisces energy for me also has this kind of like wise old woman type of feel to it. I feel 
that Pisces is almost like representative of the hero making that journey, returning home and bringing back the wisdom from the depths of the dark, still waters and bringing it to the surface in a very passive, kind and gentle way where they're just here to share the knowledge and um, remind you to keep dreaming, to keep going, to not be afraid to step out into the unknown. Mm, that reminds me of a quick shout out to Gabe. He's been a great friend of mine that I've been spending some time with. And he's been saying, you know, the world needs the version of you now. Mm. So who you are now, own it because the world could use some of that right now. Sometimes we put these ideas that like, again, you know, when I when I get to this point in life, I'll have that much more to offer. But it's it's you stepping into your frequency now and owning it and knowing that you can very well be contributing to someone's happiness in that way because you're showing up so full and so authentic with yourself so thank you for telling me that Gabe it's been sticking with me a lot these days so lovely and two days after that on Thursday the 20th we'll have the moon in Capricorn forming a brief conjunction with Pluto and Saturn so on the 20th right after we jump into Pisces season emotions might feel a little limited they might even feel like you can't fully express them into the physical world so this is a good time to get into journaling singing going for a run getting out what you need to speak into a different medium to help you find some clarity especially because at this point we are just dipping our toes into the very beginning of the mercury retrograde in pisces backed by the mars and capricorn energy on that same day the 20th we're also going to have jupiter who's in capricorn forming a sextile with neptune who is in pisces this is going to illuminate the ability to dream of a new system or a structure. It might even bring you some new ideas. So things are going to be downloading and coming through a lot during this transit with all the Pisces energy. And what I would encourage you to do is to take your hands off the wheel and just trust the self-driving car that's a self-driving car, <laughs> which is your soul. And be okay with not having all the answers right away to everything and just recognizing that the answers are there. They're just not at the surface yet. And you might have to go a little deeper to find them. And we're all here with you going through it together. Um, and then that weekend on the 23rd, we are coming up on our new moon, of course, in Pisces. So Andreas, what do you think about the new moon in Pisces? So this new moon in Pisces is also experiencing some support from this Venus and Aries square, Jupiter and Capricorn. So there's a lot of energy already around indulgence and having some self-discipline. And Pisces, again, can be this energy that is such a big dreamer, but can also lead to some procrastination and putting things off for later. And so it might be even that much more empowering during this new moon to really jump up when you get those bursts of energy and get yourself to write down that thought or to get started on that sketch and to also get up and move your body and dance and finally get yourself back into the swing of things with your physical routine or your meditation or your spiritual practices and not thinking like, oh, well, when the time is right. No, the time is right now for you to do it. And this is the day that's really reminding you of that. So take advantage of this support. Take advantage of this energy that you're feeling to want to do things a little bit more unique to your situation, acknowledging all of where you've been and letting yourself know that you at any moment can let go of who you've been 
for who you want to become. Mm -hmm. And it takes presence and it takes dedication. And that's all about choice. And the lover's card really brings that up. You always have the choice. And as well, when I think of the new moon in Pisces, it might be easy to fall into like analysis paralysis. Sometimes we'll sit there and think about all these expectations that we have around certain situations. And that could stop us from really initiating it and going out there and doing it. Yeah, some limiting beliefs might pop up during this time, especially with the Venus and Aries forming the square to Jupiter and Capricorn on the same day as the new moon that Andreas mentioned. And if limiting beliefs pop up and they try to block you, this is a great time to say thanks, but no thanks. I'm going to go inside and I'm going to do the work on a soul level so that those narratives of the past can't cling on to me or drag me down because I'm just floating here at the top of the surface <laughs> for Pisces season, enjoying the views that the Mercury retrograde and Pisces are providing to me. Mm, and enjoying what comes up. And this new moon, being that new moons are a great time for initiating new concepts, new ideas, new strategies. I think something to look out for is to really acknowledge where you in your mind and in your words are saying or thinking things that no longer feel like they resonate with you and not seeing it as a challenge, but more so as an empowering opportunity for you to step into that space and be new, be new for yourself, be new for your environment and be new for the rest of the year, knowing that you can do this for yourself because you're taking that initiative to do it. Yeah. And that ties back into this really heavy death and rebirth energy that is going to be with us all year long is that if something dies something else is reborn in its place so we don't need to hang on to what was mm. we can keep our chins held high and our eyes on the road before us and keep moving forward and have our hearts lead us that's right mm. it all is just one continuous flow of just accountability acknowledgement awareness and moving forward upward and outward it's a very plutonian year so it only makes sense constant rebirth absolutely and it's also a leap year mm. so we get an extra day in pisces season this year on the 29th i want to give a shout out to my wonderful friend Alyssa, who gets a birthday this year <laughs> i think you're six years old now <laughs> so exciting uh someday you know you'll be old enough to drink but <laughs> until then <laughs> happy leap year and i think yeah. with that you know i also want to wanted to acknowledge that with this extra day this month that gives us one extra day to acknowledge culture to acknowledge history and so happy black history month this is a great time for us to to really just be there energetically to support all of our peers, to support all of the energy that has catapulted us to be in this present moment of where we are, to live amongst each other with so much love and compassion and understanding, and to really step into these spaces to get to hold that space for, for others and get to know people in ways where we can really see the connection and the beauty between us all. So lovely. I love that. Beautiful. And just some aspects that are happening on the 29th to give you guys some insight on the magic of this extra day in this new decade. How exciting. The moon is going to be in Taurus forming a trine with Jupiter in Capricorn. And the moon in Taurus is also going to form a sextile with Neptune in Pisces. Both of these aspects are very abundant and 
they're here to support us through this extra day in Pisces season. So this emotional balance is going to be available to you if you are willing to expand beyond what you've previously designated as your comfort zone. Pisces energy is boundaryless. It is the reflection of the collective within yourself. And this extra day can be a great day for you to tap into how we're all one Mm. and oneness as a whole while still acknowledging the uniqueness of each individual, of each individual culture as well. And we are all going through this and doing the work together. Thankfully, we get an extra day in February. That's an extra day to make the most out of my fucking rent because the rent is too damn high. Am I right? <laughs> yeah, seriously. Always. Yeah, seriously. this year is like paying. Like Everyone's like, what are you doing for your birthday this year? Uh, paying rent? I don't You're know. You're like, I'm actually going to throw a party at my apartment trying to get my money's worth. Right. Start charging $10 at the door That's minimum. Right. Um, you know, the goal of this birthday party is actually to pay this month's rent. Right. So pay as much as you can, guys. Start a GoFundMe <laughs> at the door. What's up? <laughs> so good. I love it. All right. Well, that is everything that we have to offer you guys for the month of February. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it out with your friends. Let your people know about it. And we will definitely see you next month for March. Mm -hmm. So excited. Get ready for the spring. It's coming. It's coming, guys. It's coming. And it's the year of the rat, which is said to bring an early spring. So... Maybe we'll get a little lucky here for those of us who are in the Northern Hemisphere experiencing the cold, dark winter, that the light is coming a little sooner than maybe we expect it to. Mm-hmm. I believe it. I've seen the spring flowers already. And even so, yeah, it's like every day after that, that winter solstice, we're only getting, you know, an lighter extra minute or so lighter. of more light and more light. And so, hey. That's right. Well, to you and yours, have a wonderful February and sending much love from the Soulful of It podcast. Thank you, thank you. Cheers.